That means the devil knows he's in trouble. Praise <laughs> <laughs> God forever. <laughs> I expect the devil to say every day when I get up, Oh, God, not another day with him. If you ever learned the power in Jesus' name, that's what the devil thinks. I know I was called one time in Ocala, Florida, over to a home to pray for a lady that used to set herself on fire. I've prayed for all kinds. <laughs> and so I walked in the room and she was just a mass of scars, a real beautiful lady. But she had set herself on fire all the time. I just walked in the room, looked at her. And she went, ah. No. No. Oh, no. Not you. Oh, no. You're too strong. Oh, you're strong. Oh, you're strong. I said, oh, shut up. Come out of her, you <laughs> devil. <laughs> the devil knows your strength. This would be God forever. That's the reason Jesus told his disciples when he uh, cast the devil out of the little boy that would jump in the fire and jump in the water, they had prayed for him before, and nothing happened. That was Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and James, Peter, and nothing happened. They prayed for him, and nothing happened. That's the reason some of them, when you pray for it, nothing happens, because there's a lot more to some of it than just praying. And, uh, when the Lord cast the devil out of him, set him free, and when he prayed for him, when Jesus prayed for him, he fell out like he was dead. And they thought he was dead. The Lord said, no, he's not dead, and just raised him up when he was completely normal. Why couldn't we set him free? Why couldn't we? Jesus said, well, first of all, because of your unbelief. Hey, that's always the first of all in everything. The only reason you're not rich tonight is because of your unbelief and your ignorance. The reason you're not healed tonight is because of your unbelief and your ignorance. The only reason that you're not swimming in the blessing of God from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet is because you do, don't really know what the Lord's prepared for you. God blesses knowledge, my brother and sister. He don't necessarily bless you because you're a human being and go to a church. He blesses you on the measure of your knowledge and he blesses nothing else. So the more knowledge you've got of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the more that God will bless you. And you can have knowledge of God until the day you die. Keep on getting blessed all up through your life. Getting blessed. Getting blessed. Getting blessed. Getting blessed. God is a blesser.
And if you don't know that, you need to know it. All that poverty mess that you're living in, God didn't put you there. That disease that's in your body trying to work and cause you harm and cause you heartaches and cause you death, God didn't give it to you. That's not the way God does business. God lives in heaven. And he's extremely wealthy. He builds nothing except mansions. And he has walls of jasper. Pearl ceilings and diamond doorknobs. And streets of gold, pure gold. He don't believe in brick homes and black top streets. That's the reason you don't build any of them because you don't believe in it. I mean, you don't believe in it for himself. He might believe in it for you, but he don't believe in it for himself. And as long as, if your knowledge will keep increasing in God, you can get more and more and more and more. Uh, well, more of what? Uh, uh, honey, just name something. The Bible from Matthew through Revelation is full of nothing except blessing and teaching you how to take authority over the devil and the power there is in Jesus' name. You say, well, I never saw much power in Jesus' name. Well, you will see it tonight. You don't have to go any further. You will see it tonight. Bless God forever. He works all the time. God don't work part-time. He works for any, he works any place anybody will believe him. Anything I can do in Jesus' name, you can do it. That's reason I have a Bible college in Cleveland, Tennessee. I have different teachers coming in all the time teaching the class. I want them to know. God told me nine years ago to start a Bible college and build a foundation inside of people and let grandmothers come to the Bible school if they wanted to. Let high school kids, teenagers come if they wanted to. And they come of all ages to the Bible school. And it's founded by God by one thing, to build a foundation on the inside of people that you know who you are in Christ Jesus. Blessed be God forever. Because if you don't ever learn who you are in Christ Jesus, you wind up being a mess. All you do is wind up through your life climbing mountains and trying to climb out of valleys and Wondering about this and wondering about that and well, I wonder if God will heal me and well, I wonder if God wants me to be successful in business and well, wants you to be successful in business. My God, he's the most wealthy person that's ever lived, wealthy, extremely wealthy, and he said, I want you to be like me. God says, I want you to be like me. Well, study about him and find out how he's like, you know. Just be like me. So just endeavor to be like him. It's better to believe like God believes and believe what he really is is to believe some off-of-the-wall stuff that somebody tells you and wants to give you their version of God uh, in the state in which they live. Well, they may be a sick, confused, broke mess. And they're going to tell you about God. Well, what do they know about God? They don't know very much about God. If they would, they wouldn't be there themselves. Do you understand that? 
Yeah, that's right. You don't know that much about God. Anybody can be healed if you want to be. You can get healed a lot of different ways. You can get healed tonight. You've come to the right place. But you've got healed in your home if you'd have paid the price. Just find you some healing verses in the Bible, sit on the middle of the floor, and look at it. The Lord said, I've sent my word to heal you. And sit on the look at it and say, God, in Jesus' name, this is mine. I got it. It's mine. In Jesus' name, it's mine. It's mine. This healing verse is mine. I apply it to myself. It's mine. I got it. In Jesus' name, by faith, I got it. It's mine. It's mine. I got it. In Jesus' name, it's mine. I got it. I got it. It's mine. In Jesus' name, it's mine. It's mine. And just sit there and claim it until God comes. <laughs> you mean to tell me that if I do that, God will come in my living room and heal me? Uh, are you ready for this? Uh, every time. Nobody in the world has ever died of the disease. Sit in the living room, reading healing verses, and saying, They're mine! They're mine! Read some, I dare you to read some healing verses out loud and say, yeah, They're mine! I got it! Jesus is my healer! These are mine! I got it! These are mine! I got it! And just sit there. Act like you've got good sense and do it. Well, Brother Norval, I've never been taught it like that before. Well, you have now. I never heard of anybody in the world doing it. I know the world's sick. Don't listen to the world, sister, they're sick. That's just the man, the man that had the devil-possessed son, he didn't listen to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Peter, and James. Because they prayed for his son, and nothing didn't happen. Got to find somebody that gets something to happen. So they come to Jesus and said, uh, uh, Have mercy upon us, Jesus. My son, he jumpeth in the fire and in the water and takes fits. And if you can do anything for us, uh, have mercy upon us if you could do anything for us. Jesus said, what? <laughs> if I can do it, if I can, <laughs> if I can, if I can. You know what Jesus said to the Father? He said, all things are possible <clears throat> if you can believe. Not, never the idea if God will or God won't. If he promised to you in the Bible, he always will. If you're trying to dream up a new gospel, then he always won't. <laughs> you have to have a chapter and verse for your believing. You can't believe in the way you want to. Some people think I got baptized in the Holy Ghost in 1919. I belong to a full gospel movement. And if I go to a church and they love the Lord and they speak in tongues and everything and, and if God wants me to have anything, he'll look because I'm a nice person and I go to church. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> and you keep preaching like that and you'll wind up preaching to yourself. Because you'll sack your mind out. If God wants to do something, he'll do it for you. No, no. God performs what he hears. He has to hear something. God has to hear something. 
God lives in heaven, he has to hear something. He has to hear your voice. If you want him to be a personal miracle worker for you, he has to hear something from you. He has to hear miracle tones and miracle uh, verses. And he has to hear that you believe in miracles and you trust him totally. And set your eyes like a fire of flint to the throne of God and never take no for an answer until God comes. And I mean just boldly faith in Jesus' name. Let, let the word of faith come out of you like a, like a tongue of fire up to heaven. And I mean just... I mean, just get your verse of scripture and just write it until God comes. And he always comes. Amen. Every time you write into heaven on the book of Matthew, God will come to your house. Every time. Mister, it's not the idea if I can cast the devil out of your son. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And the man began to cry broke and began to cry and he said I do believe uh, Jesus but uh, help my unbelief and Jesus cast the devil out of his son and he fell over like he was dead and they thought he was dead and reached down and got him and raised him up the disciples standing there looking at that you know and said uh, why couldn't we do that we prayed for him and nothing didn't happen and we want to know why you prayed for him and he got set free. He says, well, Jesus said, well, this, first of all, because of your unbelief. That's the reason you couldn't help this boy, because of your unbelief. And besides that, you haven't paid the price yet to get the power. Amen. Always remember, as long as you live, if you don't get victory from God, you haven't paid the price to get the power. Every person that you know that died before their time did not pay the price to get the power. You have to pay the price to get the power, my brother and sister. And it does not come to you automatically. And it does not come to you cheap. It comes through faith and through praying and through confessing who you are in Christ Jesus and through claiming it. And speaking in a heavenly language, building yourself up in God, building yourself up to your most holy faith in Jesus' name. And always remember, if you don't receive from God, you might want to make a note of this, if you don't receive from God, your faith is not too holy. I didn't figure that would go over, it never does anywhere. <laughs> If you don't receive from God, your faith is not too holy. Did you get that straight? Well, put it down and read it to yourself about a hundred times and you'll get to believe in it. The way you get holy faith is you spend a lot of time praying in the holy language. Meaning, heavenly language. Meaning, now don't get nervous, meaning other tongues. You pray in other tongues. You pray in God's heavenly language. You talk to God in his own language. Like Corinthians 14, 2 says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue talketh directly to God, and no man understands him. You have to spend time talking to God in his own language, and it's designed that it builds you up. 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 And sometimes if you want to pray for hours, it'll build you up to the point that you can't even sit still hardly. You've got to go out and win a soul or cast the devil out of something. (laughs) 
because the power comes. I have prayed so long, I have prayed so long sometimes, and worshiped the Lord so long, and prayed so long, that God would give me so much power, I have to ask Him to, to stop it, and turn it off, and dampen it down, I couldn't stand it. I said, Lord, I feel like I'm leaving the earth. I said, God, I hate for you to cut this off, but if you don't, I'm going to never be able to run my businesses. I'll never be able to do anything again. And so I just, all you want to do is go to heaven, win souls and cast out devils and go to heaven. I went in my business office for three days at a time, and it sat there, and the glory of the Lord all over me, and the phone would ring about a business, and I'd reach to get the phone and say, glory to God. Praise the Lord. Glory to Jesus forever. Hello. All you're thinking about is heaven. When the Spirit of God comes up on you, all you're thinking about is heaven. And if it stays on you all day, two days, three days, one time I had it stay on me three days. Three days. Can you imagine the glory of God sitting on you for three days? It did me one time. Three days. I said, my God, I can't. I said, Lord, I hate to ask you to lift this a little bit, but I'm not going to be able to run my businesses unless you lift it a little bit because I don't care anything about them. <laughs> All I want to do is win souls for the Lord. All I want to sit around my office and praise God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And get up and dance around the office and shout a while. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I mean, it's joyful, joyful when the glory of God comes on you. Praise the name of the Lord. I've got a, my, the girls in the office tell me I've got 17 students at the Bible school in Cleveland, Tennessee I've never seen yet. So, hello, new students. <laughs> They're probably saying hello. <laughs> but I'm going to be seeing you uh, the last week in February for a healing seminar all week long, I think. <laughs> when you come to Dallas, Texas, this wild place, and thousands of people show up, you know, and uh, you have needs, there's no telling when God will let you leave. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord God forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't it wonderful to have faith in God? Amen. All right, we've got some things to do now. This, you see this right here, this little uh, piece of cloth? All right, there's a lady here, that's a child, a little child, has no hope of living, supposed to be dead uh, by next Saturday. Cannot live beyond next Saturday. A little child. So, uh, but I know that death is a lie. You have a right to live. The little child can't come. But I get a lot of letters in my offices about praying for cloths. The book of Acts has a way for people like the little baby. So stretch your hand up here out and agree with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I lay my hands on this cloth. And I claim that the special miracle-working power of God go into this cloth and the healing power of Jesus go into this cloth and delivering power to drive out devils to go into this cloth 
And I thank you, Lord, for taking this cloth and putting it on the body and your mighty power flowing from the cloth into the body in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. According to the book of Acts, in Jesus' name, it is done. Thank you, Lord, for special miracle work and power of the life of God going into that child and driving out every infirmity in Jesus' name. Everybody said together? Amen. Amen. Well, the lady that's here that wants this to take it to the hospital now, will you come and get it? I want to get you to help me with. Is she here? All right, would you come and get it, please? Take this, honey, and only believe, darling. Only believe. All the way at the hospital, say, according to the book of Acts, it is done in Jesus' name. Bless you. Last night I spoke in a church, and I spoke for a while, and I was standing here. I was standing there as the people lined up to get prayed for, like they'll probably be doing here in a little while. And I reached out. There's a woman come up there, and the Spirit of God said, I want you to pray for her right now. Just showed me one woman. I want you to pray for her right now. And I reached out to pray for her, and the moment I touched her, her and two more women went whoosh and fell flat on the floor like a circle and knocked me backwards flat on my back. Glory to God, knocked me down. <laughs> I says, my God, the power is here tonight. You know, your body can only stand so much. That's the way God does business sometimes. He just does. I didn't know he was going to do that. In fact, I don't ever know what he's going to do except the Bible says he'll do it, and he'll do it if you'll believe it. Blessed be his holy name. Well, some, some of you wondering, been asking and so forth, so about the 62-day revival we had here last year, uh, I wrote a book about it. The book is just out. It's called The Winds of God. So it's on my table outside, or you can write in and get it. But all of you bookstores can write to Harrison House and get it. The Winds of God, and it's already sold thousands of copies, and it's selling real fast. I talked to Harrison House today. So if you want it, I'll tell about what happened I saw the revival 15 years ago, before it came. It is amazing, my brother and sister, what God will go through with to get the truth to a human being. It's absolutely amazing. I could not accept the truth because I was raised as Baptist myself all of my life, and I did not know that I could accept, accept the truth in salvation because that's what they taught me. And I could accept that, that the Lord did not want anybody to go to hell, but he wanted, it was his desire for everybody to go to heaven. But because I was raised in the Baptist church and helped build the first Baptist church, I could not accept that it was God's will to heal everybody. I could not accept it was God's will to heal anybody. I never saw God heal anybody in my church in my life. I never did see in the first Baptist church, I never saw God ever heal one person physically as long as I went there. Never, never. I never saw him heal one. I read about it in the Bible, but I never did see it that way, but I read about it in the Bible. And when the Lord called me as an executive out of the world to teach the Bible for him, I could not accept that to that degree. I could accept the fact that I guess God could heal somebody if he wanted to or give them a miracle if he wanted to. But uh, he didn't necessarily, that didn't mean that he necessarily wanted to heal everybody. Well, that's about as false as you can ever believe about God. God designed the gospel for everybody. 
God did not design and write the gospel for some people. Get this straight. Jesus said, whatever I do for one, I'll do for the other. And if Jesus Christ has ever healed one person in all the world, he will heal you. And if he won't heal you, then the Bible is not true, and he's a liar, and you might as well just throw the book away and forget it. But he'll heal you if you'll believe him. But you can't believe him with head knowledge and denominational knowledge or off-the-wall knowledge. You have to believe him with Bible knowledge. You have to know what Bible faith is, not just general faith. Always remember this. If you have the kind of faith that you believe that God could do anything and all that kind of stuff, always remember that means that you don't believe nothing. As long as you want to bypass reality and from facing an issue face to face and you're ashamed in public to call Jesus is my own personal healer. Jesus is my own personal miracle worker. As long as you want to bypass that in public assembly and say with your mind and say with your mouth and think in your mind, well, I believe that God could do anything. That means that you don't believe nothing. And you're ashamed of God and you're not going to be healed. Forget it. And if that's not plain enough, then I'll say it to you again. God does not heal people and give them special miracles. God does not. Get this straight. God does not heal people and give them special miracles in churches where they're ashamed to get behind the pulpit and spit it out. Every church, every denomination, and every human being on earth, you have to live and have your being, and you get to enjoy the type of gospel that you believe. It all depends on the type of gospel you believe. If you believe the type of gospel that you read about, if you believe the type of Jesus you read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you believe, actually believe, that his name is more powerful than all devils, and you believe it to the point that you will pray for somebody devil-possessed and say in Jesus' name without shame, come out of them, I command you devils, turn this person loose and let them go free. If you believe it, then you'll see God's power come and represent the name of Jesus and set them free. If you believe it to the point that you want somebody else to pray for them all the time, that means that you don't believe nothing. You don't even, you don't even believe it. See, you either believe it or you don't believe it, and there's no in-between. God has no gray. You either believe it or you don't believe it. And get this straight. There is no in-between. You either believe it or you don't believe it. If you don't believe it, I would suggest that you go to some altar. This one be open for you tonight. And repent. And tell God that you're sorry for not believing his word. And not, 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 not believing his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, you're sorry for not believing it. And tell him that you want to change. And if you'll tell him you want to change, then he'll have, he will work out some method to get to you. What kind of method he'll work out for you? Personally, I have no earthly idea. But he will work one out for you if you tell him you want to believe the Bible. And you want to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And he's the same in the Bible as he is right now. And he's the same right now as he is in the Bible. And you don't try to change him. Now, when you try to change the Lord Jesus Christ, it makes God mad. Because God is the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And when you try to change his son, it makes God mad at you. When you make, when you speak slight of the Holy Spirit or speak slight of the Bible, it makes God mad at you. And he just lifts his power from you and you don't get nothing. And you never will get anything. I've noticed over the years of my life, ever since I was a kid, I used to know a young fellow that I used to run with. He would make fun of people that shouted in church. Used to be some women in our church, an old-fashioned Baptist church, they would shout, Woo! And shout. Well, he'd always go on there making fun of them. Woo! And I was always afraid to make fun of them because my mother was an old-fashioned Baptist and she used to pray in the house. And she prayed in the house until God would come. And we'd be sitting in the living room and all of a sudden she'd be praying back in the back bedroom just as loud as she could just be praying. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden she'd get happy. And all of a sudden you could hear her back to the bedroom and she'd go, Woo! And start shouting by herself. And we'd be sitting in the living room and uh, all of a sudden the door would fly open and she'd shout through the living room and shout in the other room and turn back around and shout this way and shout that way. And if she prayed in the cornfield, she'd shout in the cornfield. And so I just, uh, I knew it was real, so I was afraid to make fun of people that shouted. Uh, anything else about God or the Bible or the Holy Spirit? And, and I'm warning your life. I'm warning you for your life's sake. If you're making fun of God or Jesus or the Bible or the Holy Spirit in any direction whatsoever, I am warning you that you better stop it because the curses of the world will come up on you and you'll have all kind of crazy goofed up things to happen to you and you will die young before your time. I have never seen a human being anywhere in the world that ever made fun of tongues, ever made fun of the Holy Ghost, ever made fun of the Bible, ever made fun of people shouting, ever made fun of God. I have never known a human being to make fun of those things and ever live their life out as an old person. They all die before their time. Get that straight. All of them. And that includes you. So if you're going to make fun of something, it better not be God and it better not be his son, and it better not be the Bible, and it better not be the Holy Ghost. If you're going to speak slight of something, you better not speak slight of them, because God believes every word in the Bible because he wrote the thing. You say, well, Brother Norville, tongues makes me nervous. Well, if tongues makes you nervous, honey, if the book of Acts makes you nervous, you need to be made nervous. And if you come to these services the next three nights, I will make you a nervous wreck. And maybe you'll get so nervous, you'll just come to the altar and fall before God and say, God, I'll believe anything you tell me. So if you'll believe anything God tells you, he'll do anything in the world for you. God will give you all the blessings of heaven. He will operate on you. He'll give you a miracle and give you a healing if you'll only believe him and trust him. If you'll just believe him and trust him. But it was hard for me. I just couldn't do that because of my, of my background. I couldn't do it. And many people can't do it because you know that you only believe what you've been taught. And if you've never been taught the actual bold truth about God, if you don't believe that Jesus can heal blind people and cripple people and set you free 
and make demon-possessed people turn normal like the little boy that jump in the fire and jump in the water and take fits and jump in the fire and jump in the water. And Jesus said, go from him. And he fell out like he was dead and raised him up and he was completely normal and says, that's the way you do it. Well, the disciples said, well, we did it and it didn't happen. Why didn't it happen? We did it. Huh? 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 Why didn't it happen? We did it. Because of your unbelief and besides that this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting, you haven't paid the price to get the power yet. You haven't prayed enough. I took you on top of the mountain with me, saith the Lord, to them, and I prayed all night. But I come back the next morning, you were, you were sleeping. And I asked you, well, why couldn't you just raise, pray, couldn't you just pray one night with me? I pray all night. I pray all night. I pray long enough to get the power. If you pray long enough, you'll get the power. It'll come and visit you. Just get that straight. It'll come and visit you. Jesus said, because of unbelief, you can't make this person free. You cannot make this person free. Because this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. A little bit of fasting is good for you too. It keeps your flesh under subjection. And it makes your spirit stronger when you fast. If you'll fast a meal or two or two or three meals or whatever, especially if you're going to pray for a demon-possessed person, fast two or three meals, three or four meals, and pray some in English and pray a lot in the Spirit, pray a lot in tongues. And when you get there, your spirit, your flesh will be under subjection. Your spirit will be stronger. Then you walk before the person and you'll say, in Jesus' name, come out! And you won't back away and say, well, I'll pray to see what happened. All the prayers you ever hear anybody pray, well, okay, let's pray and see what happens. I got news for you. There's no use in you praying because nothing is going to happen. Just get that straight. Nothing. You either know what you're doing or you don't know, and there's no in-between. You either know what you're doing or you don't know, and there's no in-between. You can either fly a Delta jet airplane or you can't. And I can't, and I don't try. You either know what you're doing or you don't know. And I certainly didn't know what I was doing years ago. And only know part what I'm doing now. Praise God forever. Jesus knows all and I know part. And I'm trying to learn more every day. But I was reading the Bible one day. The Bible says that God says, I've sent my word to heal you. Sent my word to heal you. And I, was, I just could not believe. God wanted me to believe it, but I couldn't believe it. And so I just, uh, because I was wound up in business and wound up in this and wound up in that and had my mind, I'd been trained like that for years, just totally trained like that for years. And one day, I was thought, in the afternoon, I thought, well, I'm going to read the Bible for a while. And I got my Bible, kicked my shoes off, and just sat on top of the bed and was reading the Bible, sitting there, minding my own business, trying to know more about God, trying to get my squirrely Baptist mind straightened out, that I could believe that Jesus would heal somebody. Now, I believe that Jesus could save anybody, but I did not believe that a cripple could get up out of the wheelchair and walk off. Not necessarily. I did not believe that the Lord would heal a blind person. Not necessarily. I did not know it was God's will to heal all deaf people. Not necessarily. It was always conditional with me. And so I'm reading the Bible just like I got good sense. Sitting there reading the Bible in the sixth chapter of the book of Matthew. But now listen to me closely. I told God that I wanted to believe it. I said, God, I want to believe all the Bible and I want to believe that you can heal sick people and that you'll give people miracles. I want to believe that. 
But I mean, God, I want to dedicate myself to the gospel's sake, but there's something holds me back all the time. My mind's been trained a different way, and my spirit's been trained a different way. And I want to do it, but something holds me back. And I'm sitting there reading the Bible in the sixth chapter of the book of Matthew, one afternoon, and all of a sudden, the top of my head began to turn warm. You ever had the top of your head turn warm? Well, I did. The top of my head began to turn warm. A little warm spot began to form in the top of my head. And it got bigger on the top of my head. Felt like somebody poured cold water, I mean hot water, warm water on the top of my head. I said, why is the top of my head turning warm for? <laughs> and then it began to turn a little bit hot. And it began to run off the top of my head, cover the top of my head, and it began to real slow ooze down like this. And began to run over my eyes. But that time it started tasting, it started feeling like it was sweet. And when it came over my eyes, the room disappeared. And I'm sitting there in the middle of the afternoon with my eyes wide open reading the Bible. Now that's the highest type of vision that you can receive from God. In the Bible, you can receive three different kinds of visions from God. A night vision, a vision when you fall into a trance like Peter did on the housetop. And then you can receive an open vision from God when God can wipe away everything that you're looking at in your naked eyes and show you a scene that he wants you to see. And I received that day the highest type of vision that God ever gives to a human being. I received an open vision sitting in the middle of the bed. Bless God forever. And when that warm substance ran down over my eyes, I went totally blind to this world, and I saw into another world. And when I saw into the other world, it was full of peace and full of beauty and full of contentment. And the moment I saw into that world, I began to come out of my body and go right through the air into the other world. And my body left there on the top of the bed. And when I got in the other world, where the peace and contentment, and there was no sickness and no disease, and everything was beautiful where God was, I, I looked down, I was up in the air, and I looked down and I saw a whole field full of lilies. And it was so beautiful time of the day, it seemed like between sundown and dark. And I stood there in the middle of the air, looking at those lilies down growing in the field. And all of a sudden, I began to go through the air, just like this, right down in the middle of that field full of lilies. And when I did, God took my eyes and let me see one lily coming up out of the ground. And he let me look at it, and I looked at every branch coming off of the stalk and every leaf coming off of it. And it was so contented and so peaceable, the whole field full of lilies was possessed with the spirit of peace and the spirit of contentment. That whole field full of lilies believed that God was God. They knew exactly where their peace and contentment come from. And they possessed it. They just stood there and looked beautiful all the time because God had made them that way. I thought I'd seen a lot of pretty things. In fact, these flowers here look pretty. 
but they're not half as pretty as a lily when you see it in the spirit world. I saw a lily coming up out of the ground. It, every leaf and branch looked so beautiful. I looked at it from the time it came out of the ground until the top of it. And when I got to the top of it, I could see the beauty of that thing. How beautiful it was. And all of a sudden when I got to the top, staring at that beautiful one lily, all of a sudden the scene changed. And I saw steps like this, only they went real high. And a chair, only the chair was a king's chair. And it was sitting on top of steps like this. But the steps was pure gold. All of these steps was gold, worth billions and billions of dollars. They were pure gold. And the chair was empty. I could tell it was a king's chair because it had great big arms come out like this, flat arms come out like this with different carvings and engravings on them, and a real high back and a fancy thing like this. I could tell it was a king's chair. Nobody didn't tell me. I could just see it and tell it was. And these were completely gold, but green canker, green stuff, had ran down the gold steps and dried there. Like they'd been sitting there for thousands of years. And the chair was empty. The gold looked ugly. And I got news for you. If you just want to be rich in this world and be a millionaire, a multimillionaire, worth 20 or 30 million, and that's all you've got, and that's all you want, you won't be nothing except a miserable mess. I'd rather live in a shack by the railroad track and have the Holy Ghost as to have all the money in the world. God don't mind making you rich if you don't, if you don't pay attention to it. And the chair was totally empty. And the chair looked awful. Empty, cold, dead and dry. I don't even know why I'm looking at that far. It was so ugly and hideous looking. And brother, I stared at it. A long, hard look at it. And I saw the ugliness of billions of dollars that you might possess. And I saw the ugliness of position. And I saw the emptiness of position. Being a king is the highest position in all the world that a human being can hold. And I saw the ugliness of being a king. And I saw the ugliness of being rich with this world's goods. It's ugly. If that's all you've got, it's ugly. You don't have anything. And after I looked at it for a long time, I began to come back into my body. And I was sitting down on the bed with my Bible. When I began to come back to myself and my nat five natural senses began to come back to me, and I began to recognize that I was there in the room again, the word of the Lord come unto me saying, Son, 
You just saw a Bible vision. Look down. Now remember, I was reading the Bible in the sixth chapter of the book of Matthew. So I had the Bible open there, and I looked down, and my eyes fell on the 28th verse. You need to see this. You need to turn there. I looked down, and my eyes fell on the 28th verse. You just saw a Bible vision, son. Look down. Well, I saw that it's red letters, and Jesus is talking. 28th verse says, And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field. Notice that's plural. Consider the lilies of the field. Look up here at me. I never considered any lilies of the field. And in those days, I was kind of well off. And I was taking a lot of thought for raiment and success because I'd been trained that way. My business mind had been trained that way. I was putting a lot of thought to it, a lot of thought to it, a lot of thought to it, a lot of thought to it. But I'd never thought about any lilies. Then come along here and Jesus said, Why do you take thought for raiment? Why don't you consider the lilies of the field? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. They just sit there all day and rest in God, looking like a beautiful lily. All day and all night, all day and all night, they never think about five o'clock Dallas traffic. Never. <laughs> they just sit there and look beautiful all day and all night because God touched them and God made them. If you'll let God touch you and let God make you into what you want to be, money and riches won't even influence you. And that way then, when it don't influence you at all, and you'll win souls for God all the time, God will make you rich because he can't trust you otherwise. Some people think, well, it's not God's will to do this. If it was, I'd have it. It all depends on your attitude about anything, if you've got it or not. I pray sometimes and ask God, God, please don't give me too much power. Because sometimes I'll be praying for people. And God will put so much power on me, the Holy Ghost will start operating on people. I'm talking about performing surgery. I'm not talking about some flim-flamsy stuff. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost performing surgery, my brother and sister, right in front of the church. And you can sit there and watch him perform surgery if you want to. I said, God, please don't get too, put too much power on me. Because I'm just a human being. And just put enough on me to help the people, Jesus. Because you start getting too much power from God and you get too popular. And besides that, if you get too much power and don't give God the glory, it costs you your life. You get too much power and people think too much of you. 
You don't want them to look at you. You want them to look at the Lord Jesus Christ, my brother and sister. And besides that, always remember this. I don't care what human being you see. The Bible says we have the Spirit with measure. But Jesus had the Holy Spirit without measure. And any kind of anointing that God puts on me or puts on you, always remember this. It'll be gone in a few minutes. He just puts it on there for a little while. It'll be gone in a few minutes. And tomorrow you can eat beans and bread and potatoes like everybody else. You're not anything special. I'm no more special than you are. Except God calls you to do a certain thing and you have to walk in that calling and do it. That's all. It's just that simple. God can do the same thing for you. Your ministry for the Lord Jesus Christ is just as important as mine. God don't love me anymore than he loves you. He loves you as much as he loves me. You can pray for somebody. They can receive the same as I can. Just the thing that when God does something for a human being, and he does it because he wants to do it for that person. Blessed be his holy name. Blessed be the name of Jesus forever. I tell you, you've got to give God all the glory, my brother and sister. If you don't give God all the glory, then there's something wrong. You've got to give God all the glory. But the Holy Spirit wants to heal you tonight. He wants to give you a miracle tonight. Totally give you a miracle. And he wants to give you a miracle and will give you a miracle. And I began to read... And why take you thought for rain, but consider the lilies of the field. Uh, they, 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 they don't toil, they don't spin. Notice verse 29. And Jesus said, And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, that's King Solomon, in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Was not arrayed like one of these. A king in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And boy, he wasn't either. I'm telling you, comparing that one lily I saw in the spirit world and comparing that to billions of dollars worth of gold and an empty king's chair, the highest position in the world, this all looked like trash. Comparing it to one little lily over here that was alive that God had touched. And that day, that day, and that vision set me free from Norval Hayes. Set me free from the world. Set me free from putting emphasis on the world. You know what I started doing then? I started going to the city dump and praying for people. Started working with poor kids and started doing this and started doing that. And I'd do more of this and do more of that. And so after I did that for seven years, everybody say seven years. God says, now then, son, I want you to go teach people what I've taught you. You mean you go to the city dump? Oh, I go to the city dump and pray for stinking people from house to house. They all stunk, all of them. Never, never, never did go in one nice home at the city dump. Never saw one clean person at the city dump. They all stunk. Go from house to house praying for them. Blessed be God forever. I'd pray. See, you don't, have to, you, don't have, you don't have to try to find a ministry. Well, I'm wondering when the Lord, well, you got the city dump, haven't you? Go pray for people. They'll let anything that don't move pray for them. They'll let anybody pray for them. So just go over there and pray for them. God will, that's a good place to get trained. So I went over there and God just trained me in different places like that, you know, doing all kinds of things. Training. And then God says, now I want you to teach my word, son, and teach what I have taught you. 
And then after I worked for God about, you know, a few years, one night, God put his healing power in my hands. Wanted me to cast the devil out of a deaf Pentecostal man. Of course, you know, Pentecostals don't believe that, you know, that they can have devils, so it take, the Baptist has to believe that, not them. And so they just, they just, they don't, they don't know why they're deaf, they just believe they're deaf. They know they're deaf, though. They've got that much sense. They know they're deaf if they're deaf. But they don't identify not, not with the devil. I'm not devil-possessed, though. I'm just deaf. So I come face to face with this Pentecostal leader, and he'd been deaf for 30 years, and Jesus said to me, cast that deaf devil out of him. Don't even ask him. Just do it. I walked up to him, and I said, you foul deaf spirit in Jesus' name. Come out of him! And he fell flat on the floor, and both ears popped open. He didn't believe he had a devil, but God did. God believed he had a deaf devil. God didn't only believe it, he knew it. He'd had it for 30 years and didn't know he had it. He knew he was deaf, but didn't know about a devil being in him. You have to watch yourself the way you believe. You can't believe it the way you want to. You're supposed to believe the Bible, my brother and sister. And if you have a, if somebody's come and robbed your hearing, it's not God, so it has to be the devil. The devil's in your ears. So you deaf devil, cast that deaf devil out of him, him the Pentecostal leader. Well, he'd been deaf for 30 years. Don't you know that Jesus loved him, wanted him to hear? So I said, in Jesus' name, you foul deaf devils, come out of him! And they all come out and he fell flat on the floor. Both ears popped open. People began to run to me and that night God shot his healing power in my hands and been in there ever since. Now we're going to see God work miracles. Now I used to work with those days I'd work with different people. And I worked with a guy, I'd been working with a guy that was all kind of, he, this guy was so goofy, he wanted, he wanted to change his driver's license and change his name every once in a while and write bad checks and go around the country writing bad checks and all this kind of stuff, you know. And I'd, I'd try to get him saved and I'd talk to him and talk to him. And he'd say, well, I can make a lot of money though writing bad checks Norval, under a phony name. I can make a lot of money. <laughs> and I've got it all figured out, Norval. They're not going to ever catch me because I write bad checks under a phony name and I do this and do that. I says, yeah, but they are going to catch you. I'm telling you, they're going to catch you. He says, no, nah, nah. I mean, he's strong and a healthy boy. He's in his 20s. He says, no, nah, I got it all figured out. I said, no, you're, a, you, you're an idiot. <laughs> I said, they're going to catch you. So I've been working with him. You know, he appreciate me working with him. You know, he really liked me, but he never would listen to me. He'd listen to me, but he wouldn't change. Did you, you ever talk to somebody, but they wouldn't change? Amen. So I, and, I, and then I got to warn him. I says, they're going to catch you. The law is going to catch you. They're going to put you in the penitentiary. No, they will never catch me, but they do, though. Everybody penitentiary. All the penitentiaries in America are full of people, and none of them ever thought they'd get caught. You talk about the devil being a liar. And so I didn't know, but I'd heard he'd been in the penitentiary. The penitentiary wrote me a letter and says, this guy said that you work with him trying to, he says, write us a letter about him, what you know about him. So I wrote the penitentiary a long letter, and I don't know, even, I guess it's maybe four, five, or six years after I wrote the penitentiary, I hadn't heard from, even anything about him in a long time. I was going through Cleveland, Tennessee one night, and I have a restaurant uptown. I've had it for 20-some years. And the Lord said to me, stop there. And so I stopped in that restaurant and got out of the car, and I walked in, and I'm walking back through there. I noticed it was about 9 o'clock at night, you know. I walked through there, and I walked by a booth, and a voice, a male voice said, Norval Hayes. And I turned around, and he said, uh, I said, what, what? He said, don't you know me, Norval? I said, no. And he told me his name, I says, dear God, he looked like he was 40 years older, sitting there, you know. I said, what are you doing with these two crutches? He says, well, he said, I got hurt in the penitentiary, and he says, and I have to wear crutches now. 
I said, you do? And he said, yes. He said, Noble, you know, something happened to me. He said, uh, I got, uh, after I got hurt and stuff, he said, I got saved and gave my life to the Lord in the penitentiary. He says, but I'm crippled and I wear crutches now. He says, but something happened to me. He said, I was sleeping here a while back several months ago in the penitentiary and I saw in a vision that night in a dream or a vision, I saw you lay your hands on me and I walked off after one of these crutches. And I said, if I ever get out of here, I'm going to go see him. He used to try to get me to do right and I wouldn't do it. So he got out on parole and went to his sister's house and came up there where I was at, didn't even know I was in town. He didn't even know that was my restaurant. And God told me to stop in my restaurant and he was eating in there. Isn't that strange? <laughs> I said, well, go ahead and finish your soup. He said, you want to pray for me? And I said, no, go ahead and finish your food and we'll go downstairs and I'll pray for you. So I got him up and we got, he got on the crutches, you know. And so he walked along with the crutches and he just walked about like this on the crutches, you know, with crutches. It took him a long time to get on the steps. And so I laid hands up on him in Jesus' name in my office about 10 o'clock one night and all of a sudden the power of God come up on him and he, the Lord start, started baptizing him in the Holy Ghost. And I could hear sounds coming out of him, you know, utterance coming out of him. He had some cigarettes in his pocket and I reached and got them, threw them on the wastebasket. I says, forget them, they'll never smoke one again, they'll kill you. <laughs> they like to kill me. But I finally quit. My body didn't want to quit, but I quit anyway. And so I just, <laughs> God baptized him in the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues there in the office. And then I, laid, I kept on laying hands on him in Jesus' name. And when I did, when I did, I says, now, I stepped back and the power of God went into him. I said, uh, man, God has touched you. And he's standing there like this, quivering under the power of God and the crutches. And finally he just stood up like this, stood there, and stood there, and two crutches went this way. Now we're in the business office at 10 o'clock at night. And two crutches went this way. I said, in Jesus' name, walk! And he, he uh, took a step. In Jesus' name, I said, walk! And he took a step, and I said, in Jesus' name, I said, walk! And he took another step, in Jesus' name, I said, walk! And he took a step, in Jesus' name, walk! In Jesus' name, walk! In Jesus' name, walk! In Jesus' name, walk! I stood in the middle of the floor and said, in Jesus' name, walk! For a long time. And he kept walking around in circles. I said, walk in Jesus' name, walk up those steps. He says, uh, oh, oh, okay. He, he walked like this and walked up the steps with no crutches and walked down the street and walked back, just walking. I mean, I went outside. I did some work down the office. I went outside, and he's still walking up down the sidewalk. Walking up down the sidewalk. Said, I saw a vision from God. I saw you laying hands on me, and me walking off after under these crutches. And he did, walked off under those crutches 10 o'clock at night in the office. You know, God will heal people in the business office. Oh, yeah, it's strange, but he will. Heal people in the business office. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn with me quickly, please. Let me stay on just another minute or two. I've got to read this scripture here. And let me read chapter 6 of the book of Mark. Now I want you to look at this. Chapter 6 of the book of Mark. Praise God forevermore. And he went out from thence and came unto his own country. And his disciples followed him. 
And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Such mighty works are wrought by the hands of Almighty God. Such mighty works. Blessed be God forevermore. Mighty works are wrought by his hands. God does mighty works by people's hands. And it's no different tonight. He'll do mighty works tonight by, by my hands and by the pastor's hands in these churches out here. I just took a tour over to Jerusalem. And I had one of the best healing services I've ever had in my life in Jerusalem. Going back again June the 15th. If you want to go, you can call my office and go with me. Praise God forever. I'm going to teach five days in Jerusalem. I had one of those. God visited us so strong in Jerusalem, I'm telling you, it was something else one night. I mean, God would just lay them out and just totally operate on them. They'd get up and start jumping up and down and shouting all over everywhere. And they looked like they were dead and lay there for 10 minutes and all of a sudden just go, Woo! and get up off of the floor and jump and leap and everywhere. In Israel, they jump and leap when they get healed. I guess you've heard about that, haven't you? I never saw so much jumping and leaping and shouting over a ballroom. And I don't know whenever, when God but heal people. Now, if you will, I want you to push this thing back because I'm ready to lay hands on you in Jesus' name and let God's mighty miracles be yours. You can have them. They're all free, my brother and sister. Because I want to get these pastors laying hands on people. Now, pastors, if you will, go up front of your church. Call the people up front boldly in Jesus' name and lay your hands upon them for mighty miracles tonight, and God will perform miracles. He will heal the people, and not only heal the people, He will perform miracles for them in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to lay hands on all the people in this building that needs a miracle from God. If you've got one rib missing, there's no use in you going home with it. You might as well have all your ribs when you leave here. God makes ribs all the time, and He'll make it for you. If you've got one kidney, God will give you another one. And God wrought mighty miracles by the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. God wrought mighty miracles by His hands. That's all there is to it. Laying out of hands is the doctrine of the church. And I'll lay hands on you in Jesus' name, and the rest of it is up to you and God. I would suggest as you come to show great respect for God. Remember what I told you about 45 minutes or an hour ago? You better show God great respect in Jesus' name. And you better not be looking for just worldly riches all the time. You better put the, learn to put the things of God first. And God said, I'll add all of the things to you. And he will, if you'll put him first. So I want you to come. Uh, anyway, we want to do this, ushers. It's all right with me. Just get them in line. If you, want a miracle, if you need a miracle from God or healing, I want you to get in line right now. Right across the front of this church. If you're visiting up there, make them stand back in the line. Now you see, bring that girl down here. She needs a miracle from God for sure. Now see, she needs a special miracle. Bless God forever. Bring them all that needs a miracle in Jesus' name. This is a miracle night. Pastors, invite all the people up that needs a miracle. This is a miracle night. And approach it boldly. That's all right. God said, come before the throne of God with boldness. For some reason, this is a night of boldness. A spirit of boldness come up on me when I got up here. This is a night of boldness to do away with the works of hell. And God's mighty power will do it. 
then he'll do it for you if you've been letting the devil buffet you. He will do it for you. Blessed be the name of Jesus forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless God forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be his holy name. One reason I put on meetings in Gatlinburg, Tennessee is because that God performed so many miracles there. And some nights I usually take one night a week and have a deliverance night. And so many people can get set free and he performs miracles there up in those mountains right outside of Knoxville, Tennessee in Gatlinburg. I put on two conventions a year there. Every year I put on two conventions a year. Bob's been there and spoke for me. Brother Hagen, Brother Summerall, Shambach, T.L. Osborne. My next conviction starts there the first day of June for a week. The Holiday Inn there has a free toll number. You can call them and make reservations. Four people can stay in the same room for $48. That's $12 a piece. When you can stay, when you go to a convention and stay for $12 a night, you can't afford to stay home. You might as well go. <laughs> and bring all the flaky people you can find with you. Because you get in a place for a week and join together for a week and you're teaching two or three times a day and other people are teaching two or three times a day God's power begins to flow so strong that you can just receive from God that's all you can receive from the Lord this must be going to be a three days of authority and power I mean brother when I come up here tonight I felt the authority of Almighty God God don't want you to put up with any, God don't want you to put up the empty pocketbook he wants you to claim your rights and claim your money he has for you God don't want you putting up a disease in your body. He wants you to claim your rights and claim your healing. And God don't want you running around needing a miracle all the time. God wants you to claim your miracle. Amen. Look at Jesus as a miracle worker. Not just a good person and he'll help me if he wants to. That's a lie from the devil. Jesus is a miracle worker. And if you want him to perform a miracle for you and give you a new kidney, and all of you girls out there, happens all the time in my services. You've had a hysterectomy? What are you putting up with that for? Jesus will perform a special miracle for you, and he will put all the parts back in you and give you a new womb. He makes them all the time. No problem for him. It's just hard for a human being to believe that kind of stuff. But I'll guarantee you one thing. Someday when you're reading the Bible, if your head ever begins to turn hot, and God pulls you out of your body and takes you up into the spirit world, lets you see the truth, it'll be easy for you to believe it then. It's so hard sometimes for a natural human being to believe that God would do that for them, but he will do it. Because he loves you, he will do it. He'll do it for you, he'll do it for a teenager, he'll do it to you. All right, now all of you, hundreds of thousands of people watching television at home, just so you'll believe, just so you'll believe that God knows what he's doing, you can watch this. Thank you, Lord, for a special miracle for this teenager. Thank you, Lord, for a special miracle for this teenager. In Jesus' name. Now the Holy Ghost will give him a special miracle. Do you understand me? Well, if you don't believe it, and you think I've been a little bit hard tonight, 
I even felt like I was being hard when I was speaking, but the spirit of authority was rising up in me like a giant. This is not a night for timidness. For some strange reason, this is not a night of anything except authority and power and miracles. And the Holy Spirit will do the work, my brother and sister. This one I got my left hand on. Stand behind him because he's receiving. Blessed be the name of Jesus forever. There is no telling what you might see tonight. You just sit there and pray and be nice and you'll see more. If you leave, always remember, people leaves never sees anything. Blessed be the name of the Lord God forever. Blessed be the name of the Lord God forever. You'll never be the same again, lady. The Holy Ghost will operate on you. The Holy Ghost is not ready yet for me to pray in general for people. When he kind of checks me, that's what I do. I just obey the Lord, that's all. That's right. It's going out in you. It'll perform a miracle for you. Lala, bonso. So no man la la yandi kisi. Sidiondo kololoka bosaki. Sidiondo kololoka myanti kisi. Sidiondo kosasaka mana. La bosa yololoka byanti kisi dioto kololoko yoti kisi. Sadiando kosaya bakalaka byanti kisi. Adiando kalaka bonso kololo yanti. That's right. Sanda Lomo Sokahaya. Latio, that's right. Go on out in you, honey, in Jesus' name. Labao Sandi, Hideondo Kololoko Monso. I tell you right now that God's mighty power is in this place. He has come to do business. He hasn't come to play any gospel games. He's come to do business with you. Why? Because He loves you so much. God wants your bills paid. God wants you to have money to spend. God wants you healthy. And God wants you strong. God doesn't want you weak. He wants you strong. And all the power there is in Jesus' name. God has sent you here tonight, sir. Blessed be his holy name. You'll receive a touch from God tonight. And your life will never be the same again. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the word of the Lord said, I am touching him now. In Jesus' name. Now stand right there and let the Holy Ghost do it for you because he sure will. Okay, men, follow me in Jesus' name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I mind you. Let her go free completely. I command her in Jesus' name. Be free! Thank you, Lord, for a special miracle for this child. Oh, this precious child, Lord, let your miracle work in power for this child in Jesus' name. Lord, let your mighty miracle work in power and healing power go into the hands of these parents in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I curse every affliction in Jesus' name and command it to die and disappear. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for giving it to my brother in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now remember, the moment I touch you in Jesus' name, you claim what's rightfully yours. Sometimes the Holy Ghost wants to do a special thing for some people. And sometimes he wants you to lay hands upon them and you can claim your rights in Christ Jesus by faith. Everything at church, I'll talk to you as I lay hands on them. I'll talk to you as I lay hands on them. But everything that you see God do here, see God is his word. Everything that you see God do openly, openly, remember, by faith, he will do the same thing for you. He manifests himself sometimes, supernaturally, to some people, especially a lot of times, unusual things. A mass of people looking, trying to get them to believe that he is God. And he will do anything for you. In Jesus' name. I lay hands on you because it's a doctrine of the church. And I have a right to lay hands on you. You have a right to receive miracles from God. Claim them by faith in Jesus' name.